Welcome to episode 57 of Rebellion Dogs Radio, a contemporary look at recovery from addiction, now with less dogma and more bite. Higher Palooza, that's our theme. The crisis of COVID brought the opportunity of boundaryless connection for those of us with Wi-Fi and devices that harness it. AA moves from community centers to Zoom, and Secular AA found that geography would no longer be an obstacle to bring like-minded AAs together. It started with a team of Cleveland, Ohio freethinkers teaming up with other Secular AAs in Ireland, and now they're drawing on members and our stories from around the world, Higher Palooza mobilized to bring AAs together to talk about AA recovery without any anthropomorphic higher power. Atheists, pagans, indigenous traditions from several continents, all finding sobriety without having to accept someone else's beliefs, nor having to deny their own. Higher Palooza is bi-monthly, always on a Sunday, often the third Sunday. It always has three speakers from various time zones, and it's almost always recorded and posted for free. So even if the 2 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. UTC time slot doesn't work for you where you live, you can take in Higher Palooza at any time or any place that works for you. Past, present, future, we're going to be talking Higher Palooza on episode 57 with Tracy, Sally, Annie, Bobby, and Terry, and drifting off from time to time on a few side tangents as we're inclined to do. This isn't the whole conversation. I had to edit some of it for timing. There was plenty on hiking Ireland commentary that I thought was useful, other AA coffee talk that just got left on the editing floor. But believe me, there's a, a lot here to hear. You may want to listen twice. We always have music, and this episode features a Canadian songwriter, Sean Watson Graham, with his 2021 song, Your Life is a Story. So, let's go to the Zoom chat with me and five from Higher Palooza. Yeah, I'm Terry, um, alcoholic. I'm uh, free thinkers Lakewood. A year ago or so, a little over a year now, um, when the pandemic came, we were a group that had been meeting in a basement of a library in Lakewood, Ohio. And uh, when the COVID crisis struck, we were um, we couldn't meet in the basement anymore. It was crowded, and you know, obvious reasons. So we were meeting in the park for a while. We went on Zoom, and so we've been on Zoom for about a year. I don't know. A couple of months into the Zoom, we started a coffee shop that didn't get utilized very much. But one day, uh, Frank, who a lot of you know, he sent me a text. He says, "Hey, there's a bunch of Irish people over there in a the coffee shop." I go, what? So I went over there in, uh, in the Zoom coffee shop, and they were having the first or second All-Ireland AA meeting on Zoom in there. And so we started getting to know them. One guy that's not here was in there who was instrumental big time and helping out, which is that Mark. But anyways, um, so they started showing up over at our Zoom meeting, and then uh, Jimmy started a Irish meeting on Tuesdays. Uh, it, it was like eight o'clock or something, uh, Cleveland time, Eastern Standard Time. And I went to that a few times and I don't get out of bed that early. But after a few of those, we were sitting in the, after their meeting. And after that was about three or four months into the, into the Zoom experiment, um, we spent a lot of time in our meeting. People would come and they would ask how the hell you do the AA program with all this God stuff if you don't believe in God? I don't know how to do the third step because I'm not, you know, religious. Or, you know, I don't believe in Christianity. How could I possibly do the 11th step? <clears throat> and 
we answered those questions in almost every meeting early on. It's not so prevalent now. I think most of the people got their questions answered. But it occurred to me that when we got hooked up with the um, you guys up there in Canada and then the Floridians and people in Iowa and Colorado and Ireland, there was a lot of people around who had been sober for extended periods. You know, some people almost 50 years who had originally had some kind of religious convictions that after whatever happened, they didn't believe it anymore and they stopped doing their religious stuff, but they kept doing AA or people who had come to AA many years ago, but did not share the Christian tradition that seems to dominate in a lot of meetings. And they went on ahead and did AA without it and had great lives. After that meeting, I was talking about that, and it occurred to me is that since we had all of these people running around, um, you know, on two continents that had actually human experience with dealing with AA, that they had valuable experience, and that it may be a good thing to record them so that rather than answering the same questions over and over and over again, there we could provide a, a library that people could go to and listen to these varied experiences. Cause my experience is just mine. We've had so many different things in this higher Palooza thing where, you know, we got experience from people who are American Indian, people who are uh, pagan, people who are frigging Irish, all kinds of stuff. Anyways. Um, so I, that's when I went after that meeting, I thought, Hey, I want to start this uh, a speaker panel thing. And I don't want to have it be a regular AA talk because there's 8 million of those things on YouTube and there's plenty of that. What I want to do is with these talks, answer the, that question is how the hell do I stay sober if, if I don't want to do Christianity It's pretty much what it boils down to, or I can't do it. Or what if I don't believe in God at all? Or what if I believe in, you know, the cosmic oneness of the universe? How do I work the AA program and stay sober? Uh, how about get, we'll get a panel and put people up, three of them for 20 or 25 minutes apiece to discuss that. And we'll record it and then we'll make a tape library. So we have that on www.ftcleveland.com. We have recordings of 15 or 20 people who were kind enough to take time out of a Sunday and spend a few minutes talking about how they had successfully uh, stayed sober, navigated the AA program without compromising their own beliefs or principles, and had great lives too. And many of them are what most of them are over 30 years sober that are on there. Are lots of them over 40 years sober who had not been kowtowing to that. You know, people say, "Well, you got to find, you know, God. You got to find him now." Well, you don't. And uh, what you can do is come here and stay sober, don't drink nothing, and get a hold of some people who are like-minded, and they'll help you through the steps. And that's what higher palooza was all about from the onset we got the tapes they're on the website and every couple of months now we record another set of people you know and you can pick through them there's all kinds of different you know backgrounds and approaches it's really it was actually quite beautiful i thought and any at any rate so i was thinking about a name and a lot of times you go into these uh some meetings and people will be making up this this big to-do about oh you know my god is this and my god is that and you know, making a big deal out of that, and which is fine if they want to do it. It's not my thing. You know, I always think, how the hell do they know? But they can do it if they want to do it. So I thought, well, why don't we name this, you know, Higher Palooza, like Lollapalooza, only put a higher on there. So, you know, uh, just a little poke, uh, poking fun at them for making all that uh, kind of nonsense about that. When You know, I don't think those guys know anything more than I do. So that's how Higher Palooza started. And right away, you know, we got a few people involved. Uh, Mark from Ireland, he helped get speakers early on. Bobby now. I think it was uh, Jimmy who helped set up the technical end of it. Um, Ashley was involved in the technical right. end of it. Uh, Jack from uh, Westside Agnostic. Uh, Tracy, who's on here right now, he did all the flyers for a long time. And we got it around and, you know, we started the thing. We were doing it monthly at first, but people started wearing out and we're getting 100 people or so every time. And uh, I think we've been very successful at what we did. You know, we've got some great, the, pro the problem we have right now is just letting people know, hey, that stuff exists, is sitting in that library. And 
you can just go in there and click on there and you don't, it won't, a few of them strayed a little from the fundamental theme, but the basic thing was is to just welcome people to AA who, I, I'm getting tired of calling it traditional background. They don't have a uh, fundamentalist Christian background and uh, let them know this is the way. It works. You can stay sober and have a nice life without, you know, joining any churches or anything else. So that was me and my contribution to it. I've been helping out all along with getting speakers and trying to do the, uh, what do you call it? The trail boss, you know, I get in there and poke, you know, a little fire under people's feet and stuff like that to get them moving on it. And, um, but I, we had a lot of help. A lot of people helped along the way. There's been some bumps and bruises and people got mad and quit and all that, but that's AA, you know, that's how that yeah. works. Uh, it's been an adventure. And we, I think in the future we're, we're, we're going to every other month, and as usual, like anything in AA, we need help. You know, we need help finding speakers. I still want to kind of adhere to, you know, getting people that are going to talk about their uh, non-religious approach to AA, or even religious, but just non-mainstream Christianity stuff that floats around in AAs. Because there's plenty of that. You can listen to that all you want on. But we like people who are outside of that, that I have been successful, particularly some of these people that got sober years ago. And and it was different. It's not quite, it wasn't quite as liberal as it is today, believe me. And put them on, you know, on that tape library. So when people come along, you know, they know they're not, this isn't virgin territory. There's been a lot of people that have been right. doing this for a long time and been very successful. Right. Okay, so that's uh, my two cents. I hope that helped anybody with what Oh, the heck no, I, I learned things I didn't already know. That's fantastic. And just uh, for translation, for people who have gotten sober, in the 21st century, a speaker tape is referred to uh, a, a means <laughs> of uh, capturing audio used in the 20th century. And uh, we used to listen on uh, audio tape, uh, you know, Oops. now known as digital recording. So it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we don't shame uh baby boomers here <laughs> we just did what are you talking about <laughs> no i i'm part of that crowd and 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 why did we listen on audio tape because there was no internet <laughs> yeah. tracy yeah. how did you get uh involved with this motley crew hello joe <laughs> yes we used to listen to videotapes back in my day <laughs> all right that's enough of <laughs> When we smoked Lucky Strikes. <laughs> hey, Joe, I'm Tracy, alcoholic. Uh, yeah, so Terry's been the, the brainchild behind all of this stuff. I mean, he's he's the mad doctor. He comes up with awesome ideas, and we kind of try to make them reality, you know? Um, I remember when we were, we were, like, on a text chat. We were all in a chat group, and Terry and I were in there, and he was joking around, like, we should have a meeting where everybody talks and we should have they can do little leads and just like oh that's terry you know but you know then we started talking and we we're like well let's do it you know and you know and then we were like uh here i'm gonna show my age again there was a show on called little rascals that i remember and they would go out on these little kids would go out on adventures and one little rascal would say i can get some wheels and the other one would say i can get a ladder and that's how it was you know like I can do a flyer. Yeah. I can get a Zoom account, you know, and it, it was like, and we just pulled it together, you know, it was pretty cool. And, uh, but that's how, that's, we all learned that from AA that we can all pull together for greater good. So yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And like Terry said, it's kind of uh, spread out a little more, which I think is makes it more special. Cause I think if you do something too often, it's, it becomes less special. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to be involved with that, you know, my home group is West Side Agnostics, and that's how I know Terry is from when we used to meet in person in AA meetings in the basement of a little library in Lakewood. And we used to have meetings and uh, fun stuff. I was so happy when I found that group. I got sober in traditional AA, nothing against it, no knocks against it. It helped me get sober. But then I started to question and think for myself, you know. When I was going to traditional AA, I, just, I, I never asked anybody any questions. I didn't uh, uh, cause a ruckus. That's just me. Um, you know, I just kind of kept that stuff to myself. 
was weird, but I'm like, I'll just do what I need to do to get sober. Because that's how bad I hurt. I was like, oh, whatever. Hit my knees, whatever. But after a while, I just like, I couldn't take it anymore, you know? And I just stopped going. And uh, and then I, after that, I started, that's when I started questioning and, and searching. And, and uh, uh, but I knew I didn't, I knew I had a problem with alcohol and I knew don't drink. Don't pick up the first drink and you won't get drunk. I took that with me and I went out the door, <laughs> you know? And I just stuck with that for a long time. And, but I started to really have this burning desire to know what the hell all this God stuff was about and this Bible that everybody talks about. And, you know, and once I started looking into it, it just started to unravel. If you want to create an atheist, tell them to read the Bible. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's again, my opinion. So yeah, I've, I've been really happy to be involved with the higher Palooza and I'm glad Terry asked me to be flyer guy for a while and, you know, and I'll do it again when it comes back around. It's just, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get to do the last few, but I'm happy to do it. It's fun. So, and sobriety is fun. It's been awesome. Spirit of rotation. Yeah, right. You know, I let some other people get active and stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and you were also, uh, which higher Palooza were you a speaker on? I was the first host the first one i think i was in the second one we're just past the one year anniversary i guess aren't we mm -hmm. yeah that's wow a, i didn't think of that no, yeah. we're coming up on it yeah we had a couple three months of zoom before we started higher yeah right that's awesome yeah i was going to say to you um thank you for what you do because you were one of the first uh, podcasts that i came across when i started to deconvert if you will uh, from religion Wow, you mean I don't have to? Oh, wow! And I'm I just I just soaked them all up. And seriously, so thank you for, for what all you've done. Because um, you helped you helped me a lot. And and, and when I slowly backed away from uh, from traditional AA, I told Sally here. Sally just logged in that we were doing this. Um, and I hope you can give a few minutes to her because she. Uh, thank you, Annie, too. The female aspect of all this is totally awesome. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you've done, Joe. I appreciate it. AA, including secular AA, still has a problem with underrepresented populations, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I uh, ditto those words, Tracy. We're not as inclusive as we'd like to be. Uh, Annie, can you tell us a little bit about how you adapted to Zoom, how you found Higher Palooza? Weren't you on the first uh, ever? Uh, ep yeah, so this is a, this is a great story. Go ahead, Annie. Thanks, Joe. Um, well, I, how I adapted to Zoom was I was involved with the Mosework group in Dublin um, because I'd had a, a lot of contact with that group over the previous few years. And also we had the only um, secular meeting in Ireland running every Sunday. So um, I was quite involved with the with the group and we well I didn't but our treasurer turned out was really really a tech person and got us all online 29 meetings you know got us online virtually overnight including our 12 noon meeting um, and I stayed as secretary because they requested would secretary stay on for like a prolonged period because they I think they thought we'd be back in about September into the room and they said would secretary stay on so I stayed on for six months as secretary off that meeting. So there's a lot of continuity. Um, how I got involved in Higher Palooza, would you believe I don't remember? I, I know Terry had the idea and I know the Irish groups got really, really um, close to the Cleveland groups, like, you know, the free thinkers groups. And um, we even, uh, we, we started a group here online for our secular meetings and we had issues with our, um, with our, our room you know, with our Zoom room, and we got um, we, we got a lend of the Cleveland room. Um, I'm not sure it was one or two, uh, you know, so that we were just really good buddies, like between, I don't know how, like our groups just mel melded. It, it's probably through that association I heard about Higher Palooza, because I really don't remember. 
I just remember the idea, Terry having the idea, and I thought this was a great idea. Like just the idea, I un- as I understood it, was to have these open meetings where we could give the lie to people being told, particularly newcomers, you won't get sober if you don't have a higher power. People coming into the rooms being told they have to have a higher power or they won't make it and stuff like that. And my understanding was that people who were sober a while would tell their double stories, like their, their, you know, just their story about getting sober and their story about how they came into secular AA. And then those, you know, like the speeches I was going to say, talks would be, um, would be there for newcomers uh, to see, well, that person has so many years sober and they're, they're not, you know, drinking. They, they got, they're still sober and they don't have a higher power. It's sort of like a pointer to look at them, you know, so it has to be a lie, what, what they're being told in the rooms. Uh, and it was sort of as simple as that, really, just go in, tell your double story, um, sh- show the way to the newcomer that, like, you know, all is not lost. In fact, there is very much a road to sobriety without a deity, without a higher power, without, you know, what people are saying to you in the rooms, um, in the religious rooms, as we're now calling them. So, yeah, um, I've been going to the higher blues ever since as well. I always attend it. I really, really believe in it. You know, I really think it's great. And there's always a great atmosphere. And it's a lot of, you know, it's sort of a fun evening as well as being quite serious. There's been some great uh, Great chairs, Luke. Sally, I'm wondering if you could just get thrown right into the uh, hot seat here and just tell us how you first found out about Higher Palooza and what role you've had in it. Uh, sure. Hi, I'm Sally. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, thanks, Tracy, for inviting me. Thanks, Joe. You know, we were in the midst of pandemic and everybody was in lockdown. We had a lot of time on our hands. And the idea of hearing about how people with long-term sobriety have navigated uh, non-traditional or AA in non-traditional ways was really interesting to me because I had started doing a lot of Zoom meetings and we had a lot of young people and new people coming on just with Zoom. They'd never walked into a room, which was amazing to me. And um, they wanted to get into action and they were not really interested in the whole God thing, which I'm fine with because I, you know, I go to secular. So it was an opportunity to hear someone's longer version of how they came to that path. Um, So I think I was involved. Tracy, I think, was in the first one. And um, I think there was pretty much always a West Side agnostics person in most of them. Um, but it was interesting to hear. I, I remember one story. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Annie about someone who had a brain thing happen. Was that you, Annie? That that a brain thing. That's and two stories together. It's. I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. Yeah, that's two, you're putting two things together that happened. Oh. Yeah, well, that can happen, right? So I have a brain thing. But then I got asked to speak. It was it was really interesting. Again, it was just seeing how people approached AA. And the bottom line is that all of these people had long-term sobriety and all of them had taken a different path. It helped me to realize that I needed to be more flexible. I think it was the one that Sri spoke at. That might've been the first one. And I thought, you know what? I need to be more flexible because I've always been a little bit of a big book thumper because that's how I was raised. But I was also raised in you know Los Angeles, where it wasn't really so much about the God thing. It was about action. You walked in the room, somebody said, you're, you're sober, you're new, good, you'll make coffee, or you'll clean ashtrays. I mean, it's like, what? And so that was really good. We were always into action. And then, you know, having this Zoom thing happen, there weren't a lot of commitments. Although now it's interesting, commitments are developing. You know, we have people that run the slides or people that open the rooms, or uh, Tracy's worked on the website. We have a, a great slide deck for West Side Agnostics. Um, we have people that watch the waiting room to let people in. I mean, there are, you know, we have one person now who's doing chips. If anybody wants a chip, they take the address down, mail the chip out. So it's great. You know, I try and make the higher Palooza's. I was on the 
uh, a couple for the selection committee for a couple because I really believe in service and I like to be of service. And, um, you know, and then it moved on. So it's, again, it's another way people can be of service and carry the message. Um, the recording thing is a little weird for me. I mean, I don't really care if I was recorded, but I always think that you're connecting to the audience in the moment. That's just my opinion. No, that's a, that's a cool thing, how it changes it. Uh, I mean, talking to Zoomers who are all muted, you don't have that sort of interaction that you have uh, live in person and uh, listening to it afterwards. I know a lot of people buy a tape. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You, I, I caught myself, Terry. <laughs> I was uh, giving Terry a hard time for talking. Boomer about, magic. <laughs> about uh, speaker tapes, right? I go, you know, millennials won't know what that word means. But, <laughs> but, but my point was, you hear something, you have the experience of being there, you record it, you share it to someone and they go, well, I, you know, listen to 20 minutes, but I got bored. And you think, well, it was so good, but not if you're not there. <laughs> the only time yeah, it's like going to the Grand Canyon and then coming back and telling somebody there's a, there's a big hole in Arizona. That's the only time ever in my life I was recorded was higher places. Like <laughs> only one time in my life ever. I had to just not think about it. Just, <laughs> and I had to really, really steal myself to listen back to it because I was like, I, I wouldn't for ages. And then I'd like, oh, you better just, just to know what it sounds like. But um, I've never been recorded. We we don't yeah. do much of that in Ireland. It's not a thing. Like, you know, we don't. It, it's a bit of a. We, like I don't have recordings of even my early people that you know were around, and they would have been the original members. Yeah. You know, uh, pretty much like a huge number of original members I met. And I don't think there's recordings of any of them that I'm aware of. Maybe there are, but I don't know where they are. Cool. And uh, Bobby, you're the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what the future holds. Yeah, um, Bobby's my name. Um, yeah, Terry came to me a couple of months ago, maybe three months ago, I think, about... Uh, you know, I really think we could use your hand and I think you'd be great and all this kind of stuff kind of buffer me up at all and if I wanted to help get speakers. Um, so that's my first real kind of service commitment, I think, in AA. Um, but I did something seven years ago. And that was a long time ago. So first time in a long time. And, um, yeah, I was... Um, um, going to uh, Westside Agnostics and, and Freethinkers Cleveland. Um, it would be my first home group <laughs> to say that um, when Sector Zoom came to the scene. And uh, so now I'm in Tusnua now for most of my time. But um, it's important to give back um, uh, to them two groups, even though I'm not around too much. Um, you know, because both of them were very helpful and I just enjoyed the comradeship that, that they had to offer. You know, when you walk into an AA room, I got that feeling of these people have a connection and a bond that's strong that for me can be difficult to uh, to find. Um, so I found that, that very appealing. And then, you know, I like the aspect of higher Palooza about people sharing their own their own views and all that. Um, because for me, you know, when I first came to AA, I was quite willing to believe um, for about six or seven months. But, you know, the more I delved into it, the more I started to realize the lack of belief that I have in a, a Christian God. Now, I could say I have a belief in, in a higher power you know, but even that started to uh, lose its appeal uh, to me. And um, I just think it's important, and why Higher Blues is important, is to share different beliefs. Because we can say that AA is religious and is not religious and spiritual, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But there is a, a, a Christian bias uh, within it, you know. And uh, I think it's just important to make that, you know, that, you know, it is there and you're not 
in some sort of denial or whatever just because you deny that aspect of, of people's programs you know and that it can be done and it has been done by many people with varied experiences and outlooks on life you know they can do that they can be successful in AA particularly in traditional AA they can still navigate it and get on with people you know while maintaining their uh, integrity um, because for a long time you know I have issues around excluding myself based on whatever my inadequacies but having that added layer of God and I don't agree with it kind of magnified that for me so I didn't find it helpful um, so that's why I think it's important and yeah I hope that it'll go on a bit longer um, I would prefer personally that it does get staggered out um, as Tracy said for me it kind of loses its, its its appeal and can stagnate a bit when I'm when I'm tuning in. So yeah, thanks. What is the long term future for higher Palooza, of course? You know, like in a post pandemic world, and and just the whole Zoom addition to the way the AA message is carried. I think that we're going to have both. I I mean I. I like the idea of having a meeting every night. That's what we do at Westside Agnostics every night at six, Saturday, 11, two. And I like that check-in. I've been to some hybrid meetings and the technology has not really worked out. We were trying to do them in the park with the wind and the kids and noise, and it just wasn't, wasn't satisfying. So I think for now, it would either be an, in, in my opinion, an in-person meeting or a Zoom meeting. But I really like the idea of having a number of Zoom meetings during the week because you can just jump on and check in. We, we started a group, a Secular AA Ireland. Um, I think it was really the people we knew each other from Molesworth and the people in Molesworth were like, what are we going to do? Like, it's not to go back on, you know, into the room and what are we going to do? And we started this group that doesn't have a room. So we started specifically with the idea that it was just going to go on twice. It's, it's now twice a week, um, Wednesdays and Fridays. So it was from that actual, not just a perceived need, but actually spoken need from, from members saying, what are we going to do when you all go back to the room? Because in Ireland, there was only that one. We're, we intend to continue. It's a small group, but it has it has molded well. It has gelled well, thankfully. And uh, we intend to keep it going. But those of us that are involved in it are quite committed to it. I love Zoom, I have to say. Um, um, my meetings were Westside Agnostics is like on the other side of town from me you know what I mean and it was always tough for me to get there and be there on time and, and also be active so that means you need to get there a little early and set up the chairs and you know open, open everything up and I was always late and it was just like oh and then when Zoom happened I'm like I can be in the bathroom on a meeting I can be sitting on the backyard I <laughs> mean you know, there's been times I'm at the grocery store and I'm on the meeting, you know what I mean? And I got my earbuds in and it's just like, this is fantastic, you know? I've gone to more meetings probably now in, in the Zoom era than I ever did in person, you know what I mean? Just because of I couldn't get there on time. There's a guy who works at our central office here in Cleveland who uh, is a, he believes in God and... Uh, I can remember when we were doing in-person meetings, trying to get our Westside Agnostics meeting into the schedule, the printed schedule that they used to have. And, uh, and they still have, but you know, at the time it was, the printed schedule was like, you know, the, the uh, phone book of AA, you know what I mean? And, and uh, so he was like, there was, there's 800 meetings a week. You guys need to go to some of these meetings that aren't getting supported. We don't need an agnostic meeting. And he is now such, he's been to the Zoom meetings and Westside Agnostics, he's at every Westside Agnostics meeting now. And he's like, I was so wrong. And he's telling all the people at the other traditional AA meetings now, these agnostic people aren't great. And you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, and it, like Terry said, it's AA, you know? I don't know if they thought we were like eating children in there or what, but. But yeah, I hope there's some hybrid version of, of Zoom and, and AA, you know, after all this. That's that's what I'd like to see. So. Uh, Sally, closing thoughts? I think it would be great to do new people who have gotten sober 
on Zoom. Uh, you know, we've had a few in our group who've had their one-year anniversary and never gone to a meeting, and you know, uh, they're on their eighth and ninth steps, and uh, they're you know going through the steps. And sometimes, you know, the other thing about just being flexible, you get a lot of ideas on the Higher Palooza about different resources people have used. So I've acquired you know some different books and different formats and. You know, I think it's important to do the steps, but what how the steps are phrased. You know, actually, I like the updated version, like the second step brought me to wholeness, you know, instead of curative insanity. You know, wholeness is something that I, um, you know, resonates with me more. So, you know, I like that. But uh, yeah, I like the idea. And Bobby, you're on the speaker seeker committee, so you can make that happen. I have a couple, I have. Uh, Joy would be a great speaker for that because she just had a year she, and she's a great speaker. So I'll send you her digits. Thanks, Joe. Wow, this is a working committee. Now, everyone's talked about the newcomer, but who else has noticed a growth in AA apostates, people who were in long-term sobriety, who bought the higher powers, uh, a belief in an intervening God, and then they sort of lost uh, their religion. They lost their faith and, and uh, sort of found their way. Are, are, you, are you finding that in your home groups, people coming to secular AA for the first time, although they uh, were very loyal to AA for a long time? Who the first three speakers were that? There was no secular AA. I mean, I know you, you guys had it going for a few years, but I mean, compared to a few years, like, you know, anyone with long-term sobriety, there was no secular AA prior to that. You just did your own thing. You could be secular yourself, I suppose. I think we've talked about this, Joe, that like it wasn't as heavy-handed back in the early days of my early days mm -hmm. as, as it became. Like we didn't have that right-wing religiosity sort of thump in the big book. People weren't quoting yards out of the big book either, you know. I feel like in fact, nobody really could do that back in my day. Uh, yeah, well, I, my the best I can sort of keep track of it, fundamentalism is only about 30 years old in AA, where AA's what, 80 some odd years. You know. Yeah, and in Ireland, probably, I'm trying to say 20, 20, maybe 25. Yeah. It sort of crept in and it became like you went to the meetings that suited you, so you just avoided the ones that didn't. And how about in Cleveland? Are you seeing people in the secular meetings that you know from mainstream AA? Through the whole pandemic Zoom era, it's been like a steady stream of, you know, we have meetings every night of the week, you know, at six o'clock, the West Side Agnostics. And it's always somebody's there like, I didn't even know there was a secular AA. And I'm like, still like, really? Like, I mean, but you know what? I remember when I was like that, you know what I mean? Way before, this was back in in-person times, but this was before the horseless carriage. Um, it's the older. So no, but yeah, but yeah, we do see a pretty set, steady stream of people coming in saying, well, I didn't even realize, I'm so happy. I didn't even realize there was a secular AA and you know what I mean? Yeah, all the time. Bobby, I'm wondering if you can speak to that because you're, part of that sort of uh, young people's secular movement. I definitely have noticed that as well um, within people in my age group of you know, 25 to 35, um, where they would be reading a lot more compared to uh, people who were in maybe 40 years, you know, and more emphasis on it. And for some people I've talked to, it just gives them a sense of direction, I suppose, and uh, uncertainty and uh, yeah I did that too at the start I ra read the big book the 12 and 12 as Bill sees I, I gobbled it up and you know when I talk to people about secular um, particularly in traditional uh, newcomers some would say they're agnostic or even atheist and you know I tell them about secular meetings or agnostic meetings and a lot of them just say they're not interested you know, and I think a lot of it is just to do with, you know, it's comfortable for them now and it's familiar, right? And I was expecting, oh, great, lovely, um, 
finally a place where I can go and express my doubts and disbeliefs. But in my experience, it's been more the opposite, you know. I want to stick close to these people because I know these people. And, and I know a lot of people as well in, in my home group in Ireland, uh, in the traditional meetings. A lot of young people go off to college and do addiction studies and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, sometimes they find it very helpful. But I've heard other people also say um, they had to leave the course because it conflicts with what they've learned in AA and it attacks their sobriety or their recovery and all that. Which for me, I can understand it, but I personally, I wouldn't like to be in, in that kind of space, you know. I spend a lot of time in traditional meetings now in uh, South Dublin, um, in Monkstown, and uh, there's a bit of a animosity uh, towards Tusnua particularly, not so much Molesworth, but Tusnua, there seems to be of, uh, you know, don't post any meeting information because it's not real AA and <laughs> all this kind of stuff, so. I was going to say they didn't resist the fundamentalist uh, change because that, it was a change and a big one, and it changed the core message that I got, or part of the core message that I got coming in. So there was no resistance to that. And I just want to say while I'm speaking, I, I had a funny experience there recently or a couple of times where I was asked to go back and speak at a regular meeting. Yeah. And because I've been away from them, because I've been going to secular meetings like, you know, co completely now for over a year, um, you know, when they sort of, you know, you, you have your meeting and, and it's fine. And then they go into the prayer mode at the end. It used to be a familiar experience, you know, when I was in the rooms like prior to COVID. But now, like, I've been away from it. And I can't tell you how creepy it feels um, at the end of a meeting because I'm seeing it with, like, sort of eyes that have, have had distance. And I can only imagine a newcomer coming in, like, that's magnified by whatever, you know, like, if I think this is creepy and I know it's coming, you know, how must they be? Because they just go into their solemn faces and they start praying. And it actually is sickening. I feel sick when they do it. And I, and I don't mean that as a criticism to the people. It's a sick practice. It's so against what we should be doing. And I just feel it's... it's... AA changes. Mm -hmm. And like, I look on the first 164 pages of the big book as a historical document. Some might look on it as a hysterical document, but a lot of that stuff in there saved my life and it changed my insides like nothing else in this world. There's a lot of stuff in there. I just, you know, cringe and like, but I don't have to take that part of it. In fact, I don't have to take any of it. It's offered. And the other thing about that is, is, uh, and we've done this at Free Thinkers. We started reading these pamphlets about a year ago. We have pamphlet meetings. That's where um, that mental health uh, palooza spun Excellent. out of those pamphlet meetings. And that's a place for anybody that doesn't think that AA changes. Let's take a look at those pamphlets. For example, the um, pamphlet, um, The Clergy Asks. That's the blurb that we got our, our we're not a religious organization statement out. I think Westside Agnostic uses that too. AA is not religious. Individual members can be religious if they want to, but that's the official thing of AA is we're not religious. But I'm like a typical alcoholic. And like when somebody says something that goes against what I think, right away I get pissed off at them and I want to, you know, do something untoward. And uh, it's the same thing with the religion. I mean, now there's so much a religious stuff around that there's no point in me supporting anything that I think is going to like somehow give somebody the wrong impression of AA. And the last thing I'll say about that is uh, a, a several months ago, um, I got a phone call from a woman in San Francisco who was trying to get the S word put before um, meetings that are not religious, the secular thing, which is, I don't even think free thinkers falls into that because we, we don't care what anybody does. We just, that's not the issue. But at any rate, I got a hold of three and I told him about that. And he goes, no, we don't need an S word. He says, those other, <laughs> other meetings need an R for religious. And I'm in a hundred percent agree with him. We are not out of the mainstream of AA. We are AA and arrested as stuff like Annie was saying. It's like, I don't know where the fuck they come off with it, but I'm going to support this stuff and support 
people who are, uh, you know, let other people alone and whatever the hell it is they're doing, just help them get sober. What we do is we help people get sober any way we can, and we support the medical community. But that's a good place to find information about AA today, as opposed to reading a book that was written 87 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> it was beautiful. I'm glad we captured boxes? it. <laughs> Do they have soapboxes in the 21st century? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah we keep fact-checking them on, on the I hope language. you taped all of that. Yeah. We came in in the second edition. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I gave mine away to a woman in San Francisco. I always remember I, le I left my big book in San Francisco. <laughs> It's hysterical. Okay, it's I'm writing true. a song. I left my big book in San Francisco. I gave it to her. I was. I don't know why I was carrying it around with me because I. I was that type of person. No wonder I got sober. And uh, I was just leaving San Francisco, and I gave it to her for a gift, like when I was leaving. I hadn't done to text. Yeah, that's genius. Okay, yeah. I, I'm. Uh, you've motivated me. There's so many stories, you know. Higher Palooza can tell them all. Wow. Cut tape. That was beautiful. Wasn't that great? That was awesome. <laughs> yes, it was. Have fun oh, editing that. Man. <laughs> man, mic drop right there, Annie. You're going to have to listen to yourself talking one more time when this uh, episode comes out. <laughs> www.ftcleveland.com slash higher dash Palooza is where you will find information from Higher Palooza 1 through Higher Palooza 8. You'll find over 20 recordings to download or stream free information on upcoming events that promise to be more higher and more Palooza than ever before. Thanks to all of the contributors to Higher Palooza. You've inspired me. Uh, it was inspired by COVID. Uh, special thanks, of course, to our guest today, Terry the Tape Guy, <laughs> Tracy, Bobby, Annie, and Sally. This was fabulous. So uh, we're going out with some song. Some people's creativity has been dulled by the existential threat of COVID-19. Anxiety and depression are rampant, but not so for Sean. Uh, the time off of our regular routine created a surge of ideas building up in the back of Sean Watson Graham's head. He says, when I finally felt ready to start writing, everything seemed easy again and the words just flowed out on paper. Sean left COVID-swamped Toronto for a family cottage near Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, across from the sister city in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I guess that's where he wrote and recorded this song. It's got the lyric, Somebody told me your life is a story, and if you get lost on the way, don't you worry. So if you're lost on your way, hopefully this song will encourage you not to worry. Everyone has a story to tell. For those of us who are lucky enough, there's many chapters still to come. Thanks for listening to Rebellion Dogs Radio. This is Your Life is a Story by Sean Watson Graham.
Publishing for show notes and more info.